Hello and welcome to the Proper Car Podcast. I'm Drew Markey and I'm excited to share my love of cars and my knowledge of the car sales and service industry with you. The goal of this podcast is to help you be more informed about the car buying process, to help you find the best car for your needs and your budget, and to help you enjoy car ownership more than you've ever imagined. I'm your ally in car buying and I can't wait to help you out, so let's get started. Should I go electric? It's a common question these days. So I wanted to create an episode just strictly covering some of the basic, most kind of fundamental uh, reasons why you may or may not want to consider an electric car with your next vehicle purchase. There is a growing number of electric options out there. Um, The new car market is certainly shifting heavily in that direction. And so as a result, there's more vehicle choices, more prices uh, for new vehicle purchases. And even though there are still a larger number that are still in the premium and luxury segment, which can be quite costly vehicles, there's a larger number of other options that are out there. So as a result, it's opening up this decision to more people. There are starting to be a greater number of used electric cars uh, out there. And while they do have some drawbacks to certain uh, used electric vehicles, there are also some major advantages to consider. So I wanted to create this episode to dive in a little bit deeper on those different considerations that you may be thinking about as you consider your next vehicle purchase, potentially being an electric car. To start things off, one of the most obvious reasons you would do this is the fuel savings, essentially the fuel cost savings, and in addition, the day-to-day tailpipe emissions impact that you would no longer be creating. Um, Both of those are very positive reasons, uh, some of the most obvious reasons. And if you drive pretty regularly, if you drive a decent number of miles per year, the current average is about 12,000 miles a year, then there's a good chance that you'll see some month-to-month upkeep, uh, you know, cost savings in terms of fuel versus electricity usage. And it's certainly nice to know that you are not contributing in your daily use uh, to environmental impacts caused by internal combustion engine emissions. So especially with gas prices uh, being pretty high, again, in summer, June of 2022, we're looking at an average of $5 a gallon. Premium and diesel fuels are in the $6 and and maybe $7 per per gallon range, um, with potential that these are going to continue increasing. Uh, So there's some great ways to save yourself some money in in day-to-day use uh, with the consideration of an electric car. Uh, One of the 
other things to consider is essentially the accumulated impact uh, that these gas price savings and the impact on the environment through a lack of tailpipe emissions can create. Um, that can be one of the greatest advantages. Um, when you drive your car 12,000 miles a year, if you're getting something like 20, 25 miles to the gallon, uh, you know, you're going to be adding up what your cost, what your costs are every month for fuel. Um, charging a car is still quite a bit cheaper, um, no matter how you do it. And depending on your situation, the convenience of just charging at home uh, can be incredible, especially for your typical use. So over the course of three to five or five to 10 years of use, you're going to see a significant difference in what your output is for cost on fuel for electric versus gas or diesel. And obviously, all of those miles no longer contributed to the emissions that are impacting our environment. So with all that said, those are some pretty clear benefits, um, probably some of the most obvious ones, but I wanted to go ahead and cover those at the beginning. With that said, there are some negatives, and I want to point those out and give a little bit of uh, an explanation on some of those so that you're aware of those as well. One of the primary disadvantages, cons, when you're considering this is the generally increased cost of entry. Now, this has reached a point where it's it's starting to taper off a bit, but as a whole, you're gonna be spending a significant amount more for a fully electric vehicle with relatively comparable range to a, a fuel-powered or a gas-powered vehicle in the same segment with similar equipment. So, you have to prepare yourself for the fact that some of those costs that you're going to save in the long term are going to be offset right off the bat from your initial purchase price. So whether that goes into your monthly payment and you pay, let's say, an extra 100 or $150 a month to have that electric vehicle, or if it's an initial purchase price uh, paid in cash, either way, that's a lot of money being put out just for the fuel savings costs that you're looking at. A lot of people spend in the neighborhood of $100 to $150 a month for fuel costs. Maybe it's more like $200 or $250 in your scenario. And with the cost going up, that's certainly going to increase as well. So it's not to say that there's not still a benefit in there, but it's one thing to consider. Um, in addition to that, there are actually quite a few other increased costs that a lot of people aren't aware of, including things like uh, an annual tax that is higher for electric vehicles. Now, that varies state by state. Where I live in North Carolina, uh, they charge an additional $130 per year. And the purpose for that is 
the tax is essentially a highway use tax. It's a, it's a roads upkeep type of a tax. It's usually uh, offset by the tax added to fuel. So they are just trying to make up for your usage is still the same, but you're not paying them through gas. Again, it's just something to be aware of. There's also an increased cost in insurance. Uh, typically, you're going to be looking at, I believe it's still somewhere around 15 to 20% more uh, to insure an electric car compared to a typical internal combustion engine equivalent. And that is due to some of the additional costs at the moment for things like batteries, some of the electronics and the systems. They also typically weigh more, and there are quite a few factors that are involved in that. 15 to 20%, again, not a massive amount, but it will add up. You're looking at probably another two, three, four hundred dollars a year that you could be spending just to insure that car. So obviously these aren't astronomical totals, but if you add those two things up alone, you're looking at an additional five, six, seven hundred dollars a year that you could potentially be paying um, just to be able to own that car, not even anything to do with the actual usage. One of the other pretty obvious uh, disadvantages is at the moment, most of the electric cars on the market still have a more limited range than the typical gas-powered car. So if you regularly use a vehicle for uh, longer highway trips, for uh, you know, commuting at longer distances, this is still going to be a big limiting factor. The time it takes to charge a car is much, much, much longer than it does to fill a car with fuel. And so it's a huge difference in how you have to consider usage of a vehicle for extended periods of time. Now, I'm going to get into later in this episode a scenario that's pretty typical, and I think this kind of offsets the concern that I'm bringing up about the range. Um, but it's something to note. It's going to take you know much, much longer if you're trying to do a longer trip and you are trying to do it where you need to factor in stops for fuel, whether it's electric or gas. So those types of things need to be considered. So now that we've covered a few pros and cons, let's kind of weigh these things out a bit. Let's see how or when it makes the most sense for you to consider going electric. I want to give a little shout out here to a YouTube channel I follow, Engineering Explained. The host, Jason, um, does a great job of distilling down some really uh, factual and data-oriented information to the typical person that's uh, consuming his content. Um, I like it. I like nerding out a bit on some of the data that he presents, but I'm also trying to take a perspective similar where it's just sharing the the vital information and trying to give you more of the um, understanding behind things. Anyway, reason I shout him out is he's done plenty of videos that explain these types of 
considerations as well, including one that he did late 2021 that speaks to those environmental and cost comparison reasons that I discussed earlier. Um, His research, his calculations did a great job of explaining how if you have a current, uh, if you have a typical car, which the current uh, internal combustion engine fuel average is 25 miles per gallon. If you compare that to a common electric car, he used a Tesla Model 3 for his example, um, it takes a little over three years for the new electric car to be a better overall environmental decision than the used car, the current car that you own. The concept behind that is the manufacturing involved in a new car has an environmental impact. And it's actually significant enough that your day-to-day usage of the car takes a little while to even add up to the impact of the production of that car. That includes, obviously, the manufacturing, the shipping, lots of other factors that are involved. But it's something to really consider if you are looking at this as purely an environmental uh, decision that you're trying to make. Buying a used vehicle or keeping the vehicle you currently own by default has a huge advantage toward the environment. That vehicle has already been produced. It's already in use. It's not creating an additional uh, impact on the environment in that way. However, it was worth noting that even with a relatively fuel-efficient 25-mile-to-the-gallon car, it only takes three years of use for the electric car to completely offset those differences. So if you keep a car for a long time, that it's not going to be as big of a concern. If you're constantly buying new cars and you're doing so with some sort of an environmental impact in mind, you really should consider that. It makes a huge difference. Also, he looked at the fuel savings and essentially comparing what your gaining what your total expenses are with the uh, operation of an electric vehicle, the charging of it versus a fuel-powered or a gas-powered car. And in that scenario, it also took just over three years uh, for that offset to completely balance out and to then start to be an advantage again for the electric car. So that's just kind of looking at some different scenarios to consider. Uh, A lot of people think of it as just an immediate uh, change. I've gone from gas-powered car to new electric car. I made a a positive change on the environment. Uh, It doesn't quite work out that way. And I just want to explain it so that you understand kind of how that works. As we look at kind of bringing this to a close... I want to cover a scenario. I mentioned this earlier. This scenario is really common, and so I feel like it's it's worth considering because it, it plays heavily into the decision-making factors here. And the reason I bring it up is actually, I think a lot of people don't quite consider their actual use of their car when they're thinking about, what's my next car going to be? A lot of those decisions are made based on 
the desire for a car because it, it appeals to you, the design, the features, the safety benefits of the newer car, whatever those, those reasons may be. However, a lot of people just don't actually think about, you know, nine times out of 10 or even greater, what is my actual day-to-day -day use of my car? Now, this obviously varies significantly depending on where you live in the country. If you live in an, uh, a busy city or if you live in the country, um, those are also major considerations when it comes to charging infrastructure, how readily available it will be if you're not able to charge at home, and also just considerations like if you live in an apartment, if, if there's even the option to charge. So a lot of considerations here, but a lot of people use their car most days of the week and all by themselves, or potentially they do have someone else in the car, maybe children, maybe it's it's one other person in the car on average, uh, but it's used in the same way. Often it's just the typical daily commute or the, the local errands. And in those cases, you may be looking at 10, 15, 30, 50 miles of use on a typical day. So the reason I bring this up is a lot of people look at range on electric cars as one of the major deciding factors. And they're looking at these ranges trying to achieve something very comparable to what they're used to in a gas-powered car. But also, there are many situations where there's still another vehicle that's available for use if necessary. Maybe it's your spouse's vehicle or, uh, you know, a, a family member's or it's the extra car. It's the, the one you just can't kind of get rid of for whatever reason. You've got an, another car that's available that's potentially an internal combustion engine, gas or diesel. It really frees you up to consider what your actual usage is day to day and how an electric car may be able to help you with that. There are a lot of the early electrics that uh, have much shorter range, smaller batteries. They're less efficient batteries, but you might be looking at 90 or 120 or, or sometimes close to 200 miles in the range for these more economy-focused uh, types of electric cars. And that doesn't necessarily mean they don't have some, some perks. There's things like the BMW i3, which still has some nice uh, features available, and cars like the Chevy Bolt or the Kia Nero. Uh, th there are many different options that could offer that day-to-day -day usage that you're hoping for in a very efficient manner. I find that buying that lightly used electric car that has a limited range can actually be the greatest way to do the electric car changeover. In the future, we're going to have huge change in the uh, technology and the capabilities of electric cars. So when you think of really long-term ownership and, and what you're hoping you're going to get out of an electric car, I think a lot of people are still five or ten years off from reaching that, that goal of what their ideal electric car will be. 
But I think that the current stopgap kind of option might be one of these ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar used electric cars that actually satisfy their daily needs uh, in a in a wonderful way. They have been used, so there's no new impact on the environment. You can immediately start having those cost savings, and they're generally a little bit cheaper to insure as well compared to something like a brand new. Polestar or Tesla Model S or something uh, in that range. I know if you've listened to my previous podcast, you understand that I've already touched on a lot of those reasons for why I suggest more often to buy a used car. The depreciation factor is significant. The overall cost of ownership decreases. uh, And so I generally think it's it's a wise way to go. Um, There are so many other factors to consider. I've covered some of the primary topics without digging in too far on each separate element. Um, There's other things like the the maintenance and upkeep and repair costs. Those can vary significantly. Um, There can be some big advantages and some big disadvantages. And there's other things to consider. So in future episodes, Uh, I'm sure we'll cover a lot more there. And if you have any questions or any specific topics that you'd like for me to dig a little deeper on when it comes to electric cars, I would love to hear from you and see what it is that you're looking for uh, and how I may be able to help with that. I'm excited about the way electric cars have have kind of shaken up the industry. Um, I think it's going to have some incredible long-term impacts. And so I'm excited to keep this conversation going. If you have any questions or other topic ideas, anything else that you'd like to discuss, please reach out to me at podcast at thepropercar.com. Again, you can uh, submit a voice memo if you are comfortable with me sharing that on a future podcast, uh, or just send me your questions or these ideas that you may have for future episodes. And I would really love to Uh, hear your feedback, and see how you're enjoying the podcast as well. So please feel free to reach out with that. You can learn more about me and about uh, The Proper Car through my website, thepropercar.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, enjoy the drive. Mm